0: All right, I'm going to go in the intro now. All right, hit it. You're listening to season two, episode two of Hip Squared American Fantastics Pop Culture Podcast, where we talk about everything from the mainstream to the independent, weird, old, and local. Troy, how's it going? I'm doing tiger tastic. <laughs> tiger tastic. <laughs> Is that yeah. why you're like, Orange and striped and kind of like whiskery right now. Like I I thought it was like you were getting into like a cosplay thing, but it's more. (laughs) (laughs) You do have a
1: kind of natural Tony the Tiger sort of appeal. Thank you.
0: That's just my bright,
2: bushy, excited face. Um, But uh, no, that's the uh, line that my boss loves to use in the mornings when it's nine o'clock. He's going through the uh, like morning trying to figure out where everyone's at in their jobs. Like, how are you doing today? Tiger Tastic is a very common response. I like (laughs) that.
0: Kind of reminds me of like. like, an alternative. Like, I feel like when they were doing ads, like, the ad campaign for Frosted Flakes, and, like, they finally settled on there, it was great. Mm-hmm. But I do hope that, like, there was at least a good 10, 15-minute pitch on Tiger Mm-hmm. I'm sure
2: – do you ever think that they have one where they were trying to do a pitch for it? It's like, before they
0: got to its great, like, what, what word should we do with it?
2: It's, uh, yeah, it's It's satisfying. It's, right. it's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: probably when I got sent back to the lab for like. For, uh, <laughs> uh, I did want to also welcome on the mic, uh, Mayplex Monk, our producer and also a guest. Uh, do you? How would you like to be named on uh, said episode? Uh, yeah, that was good. Maplex. <laughs> <Okay>. Maplex. <Sure. laughs> cool. Sounds good. Um, yeah, and we are talking about all kinds of things today, Troy. What did you want to talk about today? Well, John, since we.
2: Uh, did season one? I took a highway to the adventure zone.
1: Adventure
0: zone. <laughs> to
1: the adventure
0: zone. Right. Man, um, sorry for stepping into punchline. I know that's fair. No, that's exactly what's hoping <laughs> would
2: happen. Um, so no, I've been listening to this podcast called The Adventure Zone. Uh, it's done by the same guy there's guys that do My Brother, My Brother and Me uh, which we talked about in season one yeah that uh, was our
0: um, season one episode ten we did the meta podcast it was a podcast about podcasts oh, okay
2: yeah that's fair Yeah, I was like how do you remember which episode it was because so I'm nerdy apparently because <laughs> yeah. he listens to these shows every night in sequence <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so The Adventure Zone it's a podcast um, it is well it's okay it's a D&D podcast And, uh, yes, I am that nerdy that every day on my drive to work, I am very excited to listen to. Okay, so you're so
0: nerdy that you're not even remembering that you have to explain what D&D means to people that don't (laughs) already know what D&D means. Yes,
2: that's exactly how nerdy I am. Uh, So Dungeons &
0: Dragons. I feel uh, like
1: you guys are being a little bit nerdy elitist right now. (laughs) Uh, I
2: hope so.
0: so uh, We have to check our nerd privilege. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Valid
1: valid point.
2: Yeah, so Dungeons & Dragons is a role-playing tabletop game where – one guy and a bunch of his friends get around a table and create an adventure. And um, uh, I started listening to the Adventure Zone when I started my own Dungeons and Dragons campaign again. Um, I hadn't played Dungeons and Dragons for probably like three or four years, and uh, one of my friends. I don't know why, but he just got into this tizzy and was like, "I want to I want to start playing D and D again." Like, okay, well, you need to find some other people to play with. Mm-hmm. So he was able to get four of his uh, four other friends, and uh, n- since nobody else wanted to be the uh, dungeon master in the game, I said, "Fine, I'll do
0: it." Yeah. So if uh, you all, all of you on Twitter, I know what you think DMs are. The OG meaning for DMs is dungeon master. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I hear game master every now and then, but game it's not master the same. is for. So I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm so nerdy that I can explain this distinction. Yes. Uh, Dungeon okay. Master is something distinct to Dungeons & Dragons. Game Master, it's kind of like a loose and general term for anybody who acts as the, like, orchestrator of a role-playing tabletop board game role-playing experience.
2: Right, right. So uh, I offered to be the Dungeon Master again, but I was, as I was starting, I realized that I had little to no experience on, like, what, uh, what I should be expecting. Like, I had my ideas... And I also, I had tried to do, um, create campaigns myself, but I just kept them so generalized I didn't really know where to start. So I was going for, um, some different, uh, places to, like, for example. So I started with Critical Role. Uh, Critical Role is another, uh, Dungeons & Dragons podcast hosted
0: by... I don't know, but I can Google it. Um, there's another one. Uh, Matthew, (laughs) it's, um... Oh. I don't know if you listen to it Troy but that's there's terrible. one that Kelly likes a lot um, and a lot of people like a lot uh, called Sneak Attack that's really popular too
2: yeah she was telling me about it earlier um, Do you ever listen to that one though you just no, listen to it no I haven't Girl. listened to it uh, who is it it's, it's I'm gonna be so ticked when no, you say it because I know who it is it's gonna be
0: I know exactly Hello. who it is hold on a second <laughs> isn't this exciting guys it's listening the same to guy my page does,
2: load <laughs> so if he does like a bunch of voice acting in so many different games
0: uh, Matt Okay, hold on. It's okay, so it's Vox Machina. If you guys want to check it out, it looks like it's called a uh, Critical Role Podcast uh, Geek and Yep, it's through Geek and Sundry. I still have my Google foo is failing me. Guys, Hold on just a moment, please? this, Troy, is, this is pretty pathetic.
2: Anyways, so I was looking for different podcasts to listen to. Um, I tried Critical Role because it's a very popular one. It's recorded on Twitch, uh, so they have the visuals. My problem was is that I don't want to spend the time to sit in front of a YouTube, uh, sit in front of Twitch or YouTube and watch literally hundreds of hours of role playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds
0: I, like the creator is named Matthew Mercer. Matthew is that Mercer kind of
2: yes. Yes. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, yes. So Matthew Mercer. Yeah. He's the he's does a ton of voice acting. He's a voice actor for McCree and um, uh, Overwatch. He's a voice actor for one of the characters in Persona
0: Five. When it uh, says a video game, game voice actor, that's yeah. really cool.
2: Yeah, and he's like, he's got his specialty in that.
0: And we shouldn't even really say like video game, um, we, like voice mm-hmm. actor because voice actors often like overlap between commercials and animation mm-hmm. and, and video games. that are not like exclusive to one medium necessarily. Right.
2: And he's got he's got a um, he's got a voice, but it's like pretty much at this day and age, anything that's really popular that's been voice acted. Matthew Mercer was probably in it. Um, but anyway, so he does Critical Role. He's the dungeon master for it. He created a uh, great um, great YouTube channel called like uh, DM Tips and Tricks um, for dungeon masters that are trying to learn how to do uh, that kind of stuff. So anyways, back to my story. So I was going to listen to um, Critical Role. I don't like watching YouTube videos. So instead, I looked at what is another good... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast to listen to.
1: Did you say you were doing all this on your drive to work?
2: Uh, yeah. While I was driving, I had I had like my phone in one hand and then my I was driving in the other one. It was really dangerous, but well worth the uh, time and effort.
0: Um, Square does not endorse or condone the act of podcasting while driving, unless you've already pressed play before you start. Yes, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no.
2: So I did all this ahead of time. Uh, one day, I decided to start listening to the Adventure Zone, and I got hooked. After it actually took a few episodes. Um, the early ones they're still trying to figure out what was going on It was a bit rough um, but it took until ugh, probably like 10 or 10 or 11 episodes in uh, that they really like got it down and figured out uh, what these guys were doing so uh, the adventure zones a podcast hosted by the McElroy brothers and their dad um so Clint Griffin Travis and and
0: Justin. So, Justin, so i give you a little bit of backstory because I'm a huge Maximum Fun nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into it by listening to uh, Bullseye with Jesse Thorne that came out on NPR, and then that kind of like opened the door to a lot of other Maximum Fun podcasts. I talk, um, Episode one about my brother, my brother, and me. So that's mm-hmm. uh, Justin, Travis, and Griffin McElroy, three brothers that all started a podcast together when they kind of moved away from each other and they wanted something, like a way to be involved every week. And that is a fake, well, it's not fake. It's a... Uh, internet uh, advice show where basically people send them questions that they pull Yahoo questions <laughs> and then they give them like ridiculous answers. And it's, it's, it's a really good comedy, um, improv, loosely structured around the idea of an advice show. And on one special episode, a very special episode of My Brother and My Brother and Me, they invited uh, their father, um, Clint McRoy, who has a deep background in radio. Mm-hmm. So that's neat too, because there's an g- intergenerational kind of dynamic where Clint was raised on radio and the McElroy brothers kind of, like, uh, came to their own in podcasting. And they did a special episode where they did uh, Dungeons and & Dragons. And then mm-hmm. that evolved into the
2: Adventure Zone. Okay, so that's how it all went. I didn't realize it started at um, at My Brother and My Brother and Me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I am, I would say, getting to the end of it, but I can't really tell. Um, it's been, from the point I'm at listening to the podcast, it's a story-driven, um, arc-by-arc story driven arc by arc uh, campaign, I've I've got to be within like the last arc at the very beginning of the last arc. Can you talk a little about. bit about
0: the chemistry like that the brothers and their dad have? You guys like what is uh, it like uh, to listen to them play?
2: Yeah, so uh, we'll nerd out for uh, a little bit for a quick uh, second here. So. Uh, one of them, I think it's Justin, plays this uh, burly human who's a fighter. No, named that's Travis. Travis plays it? Okay.
0: Yeah, it's okay, Tra- Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Travis plays well, Magnus Magn- Burnsides.
2: Magnus Burnsides, who um, rushes into everything. Uh, Justin plays the uh, wizard uh, Taco, um, who is a just kind of like a, at first started as a bumbling idiot, mm-hmm. uh, but has kind of grown into his own and um, Clint plays as Merle, the uh, dwarf cleric who uh, isn't as incompetent as he sometimes yeah. seems. He's really funny. <laughs> they,
0: they kind of, like, uh, amp everything up a little bit in, like, making their characters kind of, like, Weird and funny, but also, like, effective and, like, heartfelt and meaningful sometimes. Mm -hmm. So they go back, kind of back and forth between, like, the feels and, like, just, like, doing a lot of good, like, improv kind of comedy and, like...
2: Yeah, and they do something in uh, Dungeons & Dragons that I think many people who play Dungeons & Dragons don't get to experience. They care much less about the rules than they care about how the game is played and how the story goes. Yeah, the
0: mechanics are more a tool for the narrative and the mm-hmm. fun of the performance because it's a comedy podcast too. Like it's yeah. meant to be entertaining and you do not have to have any kind of background or experience with Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. If you can just imagine nerds playing a board game like telling a story together, that's what they're doing.
2: Right, right. Um and they uh yeah, their antics uh are hilarious. The first uh, section called "There Will Be Gerblins" <laughs> uh, is all about them trying to. It's actually uh, the base game for uh, Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, and highly considered one oh, of the better the, ones. The Ruins
0: of Fal- Philandin or something. Mm-hmm. Um, Minds of Phandalin? Yeah,
2: something like that. I think it's the Minds of Phandalin. Um and it's the base game, and like where a lot of people that are in, uh, start with Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition are introduced to. Um, and I believe it comes in the base set. If you want to start playing Dungeons & Dragons, that's the campaign you'll go through. Uh, Griffin did his own kind of changes on a few things, so it wouldn't be exactly the same. He added his own flair uh, flare of the dramatic. So.
0: Exactly. But it is like he does they go off with the starter campaign. So if anybody's familiar with that one from 5th edition, that's what you get with the starter set. And then he branches off from there. So uh, Phandalin... It's a very dark fate, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it, it, it branch it goes off into like a really good story. The other thing too, I wanted to mention about um, uh, here there be Gerblins is that has been adapted into a graphic novel by First Second, um, and they are going on a book tour to promote it. Um, and this show is based in Louisville, but we also Troy and I both grew up in Northern Kentucky, which is across the river from Cincinnati. And if anybody nearby wants to check them out, they're going to be at the Taft Theater. On the evening of uh, July eighteenth, it's a Wednesday. Promoting that book and doing a little Q and A. They also do um, live shows of the Adventure Zone where mm-hmm. they actually play the play through a uh, part of a campaign and then record themselves doing it. Yeah, it's like one shots, right? Yeah, it's a one shots now, and like, um, so they have gotten so far past the Dungeons and Dragons arc. They're now playing different games mm-hmm. and settings. But whenever they do a live show, they do they call them Trace Horny Boys. <laughs> and yes. that's uh Magnus, Taco, and uh Merle. Merle, Mabel, do you have any like experience with Dungeons and Dragons or like video games? Or like what's your background with like role playing games and this kind of thing?
1: I've always
0: been interested
1: in Dungeons and Dragons.
0: <laughs> and I've even
1: I mean, I've looked through some of the books. I understand how to play. I think I've at least played once or twice. And for a long time I've kind of wanted to get into playing but it's the kind of thing where you know you have to meet up with these people on a regular mm-hmm. basis and you know have a night dedicated to board games essentially. Yeah. And I would, you know, again, it was something that I would love to do. I think that you know, I, I think that I would be interested in being a dungeon master and like doing the storytelling and like the the world mm-hmm. building. But also, you know, as a player, it just it yeah. does it does seem interesting to me. Um, from a nerd perspective, you know, I definitely appreciate all the details that go into it and the multi-sided dice. I mean, yeah, or die, if you will. Yeah, <laughs> there,
2: uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot um, to be said for people sitting across the table and like playing a game with each other face to face, not through a computer. Right. Which is kind of kind of where we're and at now. That's
0: where my experience with Dungeons and Dragons is most heavy. I have played a few tabletop campaigns, but never was really part of one that like really had a lot of momentum. It was long lasting. Mm-hmm. But I got really into the Gold Box games that came out in the 90s, which were computerized versions so of oh, the second yeah. edition rules or mm-hmm. what was known as AD&D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the when I was in high school, Baldur's Gate came out, which oh. was um, it did the AD&D rules, but instead of having everybody take Distinct turns, they had this really cool system where it was like, um, it was simultaneous combat, so it was mm-hmm. like a real time strategy game, and mm-hmm. you could pause and issue commands, mm-hmm. but all the commands would be acted out simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And, but it used, but since it used all the mechanics, like that's how I got to learn the mechanics and the rules. But what Baldur's Gate couldn't do, which i live. Like DM could do is like create and improvise a story and like right. inject that humanity into it.
2: Yeah. by, by the way, side note: um, if you like Baldur's Gate, there's a game that just came out. Well, that came out a few years ago, and then they came out with a sequel called A uh, Path of Exile that okay. has the same mechanics uh, oh, in
0: cool. terms of that. Yeah, there's a few of those like that have come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh,
2: but but uh, yeah. So uh, Griffin McElroy, who's the dungeon master for their game, has done. An exceptional job um in this in this podcast and in this story arc at having a general idea of what he was of what's going to happen in the story and then as he goes along adjusting it based on what the guys do um it's i've heard it said it's one of the most frustrating things as a dungeon master uh, when you've come up with this big idea that you think is going to be amazing, it's going to be great. You can't wait to tell the story, and then your players just go right past it, yeah. <laughs> and skip a, it completely.
0: There's a really good example. So um, this is spoilers for the Crystal Kingdom arc mm-hmm. um, of the Adventure Zone, and we're not going to spoil like anything that would be like a, like like a series long spoilers. There will be mm-hmm. no like. So this is just like one arc among many, but there is a scene where there's. Fighting these giant, um, what are those water bears called? They're like those tiny little <laughs> creatures. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are they yes.
1: actually called water bears. I think so.
0: They gave them the name
2: in there, and I don't remember what it I think is. Water I think water bear. I've is, always heard it's it like called a tiny. Water bear.
1: It's a microscopic
2: yep, organism. Those. And, tardigrade. Yeah, yeah the tardigrades. Really the tardigrade fight. Oh, right.
0: So they're they're in this crystal. Uh, cat kingdom where, like, basically everything's slowly being turned into this like viral form of like crystal, and so they're basically in like spacesuits that protect them. But if any like organic matter touches it, you'll start turning into crystal and it's like slowly spreading, and they have to stop it. So that's like basically the the crux of that arc. Well, they fight these uh giant tardigrades, and they're sort of in this like anti gravity chamber where they're like all floating around, Mm -hmm. and uh. Griffin placed what were very obviously like exploding <laughs> barrels. And anybody that's ever played a video game or like, a war game and, like in his in their defense, <laughs> all he described
2: him as was red, barrels. Okay, red <laughs>
0: barrels. So I guess he was a little too subtle, but like basically he set up it's like perfect opportunity for them to explode these barrels. And then like it was only the next episode where I guess like, a lot of fans were like <laughs> screaming at the pockets like you guys, like <laughs> there are red barrels there. Shoot them with something. But there are like some I won't call them desk flipping moments, but there are but what's where like uh he sort of has this like exasperated but kind of like gallows humor sort of attitude when those things come along where mm-hmm. like they take a sharp left turn because of 'cause it's all improvised and the and the part of what makes my brother, my brother and me so good is that they're very good improvisers and they know how to run with a bit. Mm-hmm. So if one of them thinks a the joke is funny and they put it into like the actual gameplay, like they will just ride that bit mm-hmm. as far as it will go. And then Griffin is such a good DM that he can just basically like improvise some basic game mechanics to give it some structure and put it into the game.
2: Right, right. And one of the b- things that happens constantly that is hilarious is um, Justin playing as the wizard Taco. Uh, Griffin will have this great big fight planned out that's going to be really difficult for them and then Taco, out of nowhere, comes up with a spell out of his ass that okay. just blows the enemy like halfway to Kingdom Come. There is um.
0: <laughs> so there is a few criticisms about the gameplay, just uh, basic... And part of it is like the constraints of a narrative storytelling podcast but... Uh, Griffin does, uh, I think, puts him on rails to an extent. Yes, but it's more for the sake of storytelling. But that is a, as a, that is like there is a lot of. Um, you get past this goal or obstacle, and then like, as long as you kind of follow the main path, like it's very clear. But there is stuff like very challenging things, like puzzles mm-hmm. and enemies that he puts in there. Um, you and, solved my train puzzle exactly. Like that's <laughs> one of the running bits. And um, the the other thing I would say too is that the characters are a bit um op i would say yeah. and and there's this one cool game mechanic that they do follow that i think makes the game more interesting but technically in dungeons and dragons if say you're a you know a fourth level wizard and you know like you're supposed to only know a certain number of like three mm-hmm. level spells you have to learn the spells one at a time well what griffin lets them do is once they get to a level where you can cast any of those spells like he still does make them follow spell slots mm-hmm. so you might only have like two eight level spells but instead of only being able to do like the eight-level spells you know, it's basically any eight-level spells your class could ever know. Yeah, And so that's one of the things that, like, Clint does is he just pulls random (laughs) um, spells out. One of the best ones is Zone of Truth, (laughs) where it's just, like, a really good, like, story. It's a very good, like, narrative thing where, like, you have to tell the truth. So if you have a villain that's sneaky and then Clint successfully casts Zone of Truth on them, like, they can't tell a lie, which makes Griffin, like, theoretically have to give away a lot more than he necessarily was prepared to at certain moments.
2: Yeah. Also, yeah, they 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 run into their own tropes when they know they're funny. Mm-hmm. Uh Magnus rushes in. Yeah. Uh Taco's
0: cool out here. And And Taco has this really cool falsetto voice like hey guys. Yeah, and it also kind of goes up and down <laughs> yeah. too. And he's he's also uh <laughs> he was a former TV chef, but not really TV. <laughs> but yeah, he had like a cooking show yes. that he would take on the road and like kind of like have a wagon set up outside of town and then his his uh, cooking show cure took a turn for the worse. I won't spoil why, but that's what led him to become a wizard, right? <laughs> and the,
2: and the it takes a little bit for you to get to that point in the show, which is disappointing because uh, and the, at least in I think all of there be gurblins, they stay with the uh, stock um, five fifth edition D anD D characters because when they were first coming out with the uh, with the show all they had was like the base rules and the like beginning rules. And, and I
0: think it was the first time Griffin had DM'd for a while. I think yeah. He get his feet and... it, was. it does it... take a little bit of time to build momentum. I would say the humor's there from the beginning, but mm-hmm. this show also has a lot of uh, feels and emotions and like long-form arcs, so you definitely are rewarded. If you can get yourself to the end of the second arc... If you can I get think... yourself to, Abraka, fuck you, yeah. then you're fine. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. So, exactly. And we will... Um, yeah, if you guys want to check out more about the Adventure Zone, so... You can follow them on any kind of podcatcher software. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recommend starting with episode one mm-hmm. um, and catching up. And that's there's like a 60-episode D&D arc that took, um, I'd say, about three or four years to complete. I think it was two to three two years. Two to three years. Yeah. And then, and then they went on a series of mini arcs where they were deciding what to do next. So mm-hmm. uh, Griffin got to run one. Clint got to run one. And uh, Travis got to run one. Justin did not because he had a baby. But there, <laughs> if you donate to the show, and I'm a donor for to Maximum Fun, so I get to listen to the exclusive content they did a single episode it was a bonus episode called um for you know three um sherlock holmes and a vampire one of whom is the aforementioned sherlock holmes <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was like imagining all the different sherlock holmes that ever existed in a multiverse that was like benedict cumberbatch was one and like there is the uh robert johnny jr version and then So that was it, and that was something like a homebrewed game that a fan made and sent to them. Oh, okay. Um, So yeah, you can check their out their podcast. There, their uh, book comes out on July seventeenth. Definitely encourage you to pick that one up at your local independent bookstore. Um, They're going to be going on the road, and um, like I said, at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati and that's uh, yeah Yeah. also and that's July 18th so the day after the book comes out they're going to be coming to Cincinnati and that the book is included in the price of admission oh nice to those events Um, yeah and you can check that out the McElroy's do a lot of other podcasts and even um, Justin's wife Sydney has a good one called Still Buffering which is like teen issues Mm -hmm. and uh, they do so there's like a whole family of podcasts that they're a part of so they're all worth checking out but the Adventure Zone is definitely a good one to get started on Mm mm-hmm All right, I'm going to talk a bit about um, a new Netflix film that came out called Ibiza.
2: Okay, so we're going to roll back a bit from the nerdiness. We're going to roll back a little bit from the nerdiness. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Probably should.
0: So uh, Ibiza is a Netflix movie that came out. It stars uh, Phoebe Robinson, uh, who's uh, one of the two double queens, and it also stars... Uh, Vanessa Ryder, who I had not been acquainted with before this film came out, but is a really good um, comedic actress. Mm -hmm. And I imagine just based on her chops is an improviser, but I don't know that 100% certain. And uh, Gillian Jacobs, who's a really funny uh, comedian who is a lot of times on the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. She's been on, I think she was on the Comedy Bang Bang uh, TV show. She's also starred in her own Netflix series with uh, Paul Russ called Love. Okay. Which lasted for three seasons, and they, all three of those women came together to make a movie, and the way I would describe it, it's kind of like, if you can imagine, um, Swingers meets uh, Bridesmaids. Oh, I love Bridesmaids. <laughs> so, it's like this, Gillian Jacobs plays this woman who is this, like, really uh, frustrated, like, she's into, like, social media marketing, and her... um her boss who's like this horrible verbally abusive woman Mm -hmm. sends her to Spain to Barcelona to basically land a client Mm -hmm. and she expects because Gillian, well, I can't remember her character, but Gillian Jake's character on the show and the movie um, is, uh, (laughs) she keeps saying like confident and putting like air quotes around it and things (laughs) like that. But basically she thinks that if, if if she needs to like sleep with somebody to seal the deal, she will, Uh, or that she'll like at least like be able to party and like go on little, like, you know, but uh, so then her friends so her, she tells her friends this and he, like she's kind of miserable at her job but she has to go and she lives in New York so of course she's like broke even though she has a decent job but well not broke necessarily because mm-hmm. they do fly to Spain of course but anyway her two friends pressure her to let her come with her to go to a, to Spain and just basically have like a girls' weekend mm-hmm. also wrapped up in this uh, trip to barcelona nice uh
2: do they party as much as spaniards party they do they party through the whole
0: thing that's 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 a big part of it too so the guy that plays rob snow on game of thrones plays this i think he's scottish or whoever i think the natural the uh, actor's using his natural accent okay um another thing
1: i wanted to point out is uh anybody who's a fan of dan Harmon. Or Rick and Morty would also maybe know Gillian Jacobs from Community. Oh, yeah. She oh. was in Community, she too. She was Britta. I did not oh, realize okay. She was one of the main So gang. that's how
0: she got. See, I got known with Gillian Jacobs from being on uh, the Comedy Bang Bang podcast all the time. Right. And then whenever anybody goes on that podcast, they always plug something. And that's when they started plugging Love. And then Paul Russ is on Comedy Bang Bang a lot, too. So that's how I got introduced. But, yeah, like, Community spawns so many monumental talents. So you got Gillian mm-hmm. Jacobs. You got uh, Donald Clover, a.k.a. Childish Cambino. And then... That's a really cool breeding ground for I was, was going to say, you've got Donald Glover and Childish Gambino. Yeah, both. <laughs> both. And then you also have like the old timers, like Chevy Chase in there. And mm-hmm. yeah. So Richard Madden is the name of uh, the actor who plays this DJ. So, one of their first nights, they're in Barcelona. They go out clubbing. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. So, there's like all these, and I say bridesmaids. I don't think Judd Apatow was involved, but it definitely has his influence. Okay. So, one of the first things they do when they get to the. The hotel room is one of the girls decides to like jump on the beds, but it's like two double beds like pushed together, and so she just kind of like falls in between <laughs> them. And then they decide to like, one of them's like, like, uh, downloads a black light app. She's like, I heard these rooms are full of jizz, and, like, <laughs> and so they download <laughs> the black light app, and then it's like this over the top scene where like they turn in the black light, and of course, like the walls and everything are just like covered, yeah. So there's this like, whole this over the top, like two minute reaction where they just beat it the bit to like so it's like that kind of gross out weird funny humor but yeah. it's neat because it's like women that are the ones performing that and that's why I compared it to Bridesmaids because I feel like that was the first like movie that was a mm-hmm. huge blockbuster mega success where women were allowed to have that like gross out humor and like yeah. be involved in that kind of I don't know yeah. way
2: Um. so yeah The the, the so the question that I had is they party like Spaniards because I know uh, when Abby lived in Spain like like, how late were they going out? Because they were
0: going out and basically, like, partying until the break of dawn. It seems yeah, like, a lot okay, of like, okay. So they would go fair, clubbing right. and drink and take drugs and mm-hmm. – uh, and like nothing like harder it's not like that kind of like okay so but like out until yeah. until the sun comes exactly. up and then you're then you it's go a, in, a nice yeah. balance because they do show them with having like hangovers and like the consequences yeah. of <laughs> doing it but it's also not like a requiem for a dream sort of situation where anybody's like actually abusing okay. It's just sort of like yeah. hotel rooms are blacklight nightmares there's like residual jizz everywhere okay i have this slap light up test is what the fuck oh my god ah! so they go out and they party and then like one night um, okay so this guy comes around with a black light marker and draws a penis on Gillian <laughs> Jacobs' character's face so that it's only when the black light's showing that you see it Uh huh. and so the DJ like there's a DJ that comes up I don't know if this is necessarily a thing but it was like the, the DJ that was on playing their set like invited the next DJ up Huh, and so okay. he acted like he was, like, spinning and doing stuff, but really it was, like, I think just to hype him <laughs> as the next act. Oh, okay. But he sees her in the crowd and, like, points her, and, like, he, she thinks he wants him to come up, and so she oh, makes her way and, like, is all excited. And then he does, like, let her backstage, but then that's what he's no, just, he simply like, tells it, it and, like, you know. But then there was, like, that sort of, like, it's one of those, like, uh in that romantic comedy kind of way but not forced it's like a very authentic like meet cute Mm -hmm. and they just have this moment where like it's like your first time meeting somebody but you have that like intense spark where you know there's like a genuine thing there and so like that's when they exchange phone numbers and all of your thing and then like part of the narrative thrust and what brings them to Ibiza Mm -hmm. is he has a DJ set and so basically she's like on this quest to like and like she's sort of like resentful of her boss and like so she's not treating the job as the high priority she's still right. taking care of business or trying to mm-hmm. but she's more just wanting to like she's on her trip to Spain Yeah. trip to Spain and like wanting to actually like meet this guy and like actually like hang out with him and not just have this random encounter but actually like and like he's receptive too so it's hmm. like part of it is like the adventure to actually meet him and find him in Ibiza and like Meet up with him, huh, and then so, like, oh, so there's cra- the crazy guy. antics on the way. Yeah, so
2: he's the guy that she was supposed to go over and no, make the deal with. No, no, she's it's a different g- guy. This okay. is just
0: some random DJ that she encountered okay, going out okay. <laughs> with her friends. Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, man, what a coincidence! It's not that compl- <laughs> It's a very like, it's not a complicated comedic plot, but it does sort of have that Shakespearean like, you know, there's like mistaken identity parts, mm-hmm. and there's a part. Well, I won't spoil it too much, but one of the characters has to pretend to be another character. Ah,
2: oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so that kind yeah. of
0: Shakespearean sort of like classical. Like, yeah, like mistaken identity, exactly. uh, okay. Oh man. But it's really good. Um and there's a really cool like influence of this comedy scene. I would call it I don't know. It used to be called the indie comedy scene. Okay. Now yeah. I think of it as it's like LA has its breeding ground of like improvisers and I wouldn't even call them completely independent. It's just because digital culture, like, you can actually – people can know who you are without you being some huge megastar. Yeah,
2: you can produce you can produce something and post it on the internet. And, yeah, so and these are people nationally
0: there. known by comedy nerds, but they might not be household names. But Gillian Jacobs is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, she came from um, Community, which is really well-known. Phoebe Robinson got her uh, – I got to know her from 2Dub Queens, okay. which is a podcast that she does – with Jessica Williams yeah. um, for WNYC, and Jessica Williams oh, got her okay, start on The Daily is. Show. I was like, I know, I,
2: I know I've heard of w, uh, yeah. Two Dope Queens and WNYC. She's doesn't. a really tall,
0: mm-hmm. young black woman with, like, crazy big dreads, and, like, she's really smart and funny. Oh, okay. and Yeah, and then so it's, like, that little, in like, the comedy bang-bang connection is how I got there. Um, If anybody wants to listen to the most recent Comedy Bang Bang episode with Gillian, uh, it is episode five forty-eight called "Know What I'm Saying," and um, yeah, that's just like a really funny improvised like yeah. I've I've heard
2: Comedy Bang Bang come up a a bunch of times. There's a character on
0: that show not played by Gillian, but uh, it's played by Paul F. Tompkins, who's a really good like. Comedy podcasting legend, and oh, okay. he plays uh Shiva Kaneevil. <laughs> it was like, it was like basically the woman form of Evil Knievel. Evil, yeah. But um, but Gillian will like improvise as a version of herself in that okay. show, and like Scott Ackerman is the guy who was like basically he's the um ringmaster. Oh, okay. And he got his start on a uh, Mr. Show and HBO, and was like a big writer there. That's like kind of how he got his foot in the door, and he has his show. On Netflix, uh, Comedy okay. Bang Bang, and there's a podcast, Comedy Bang Bang. So it's like this swirling vertex of really mm-hmm. good, smart comedy that is nationally known among comedy nerds, but not like the household name kind of stuff that everybody would necessarily be familiar mm-hmm. with.
2: Yeah, we've got like two different like sets of uh, sets that we've been talking about today between Comedy Bang Bang group and. Um uh, the McElroys, on my brother, my brother mm-hmm. and me, and their their whole podcast network.
0: Yeah, like so. There's it's neat to see kind of like people collaborate on different things and each have their own um, projects, but then also come together to make new things.
2: Yeah, well, it's I get I guess it's when you you have this thing that you're working on, and then once that becomes famous, it's like okay, now now what can we do to keep it fresh?
0: You don't want the you want them to do the same thing over and over again for 20 okay. years. And it's also really cool that high quality like very well made movies are just getting released on Netflix so yes. you don't have to worry about going to the movie theater and like I love the movie theater experience as I remember from my childhood and nostalgia and I would still go to movies but now it's like there's so many things so tickets are expensive. You actually have to listen to, like, really loud commercials. Mm-hmm. And I am okay with trailers and, like, commercials for new movies. Like, that's relevant to me. But I do not want to see your Toyota ad or your Skittles ad. <laughs> or, I just want to, like... You know, what they used to do It was fun, it was they would just have, like, the word jumble of, mm-hmm. like, an actor. And they would do, like, silly... And, like, it's like, I don't mind if you show your, like local hardware store commercial even but it's like to make me sit through TV commercials <laughs> after I pay $12 for a movie it's like no because like you're the same price as a subscription to Netflix so it's mm-hmm. like I might see two movies a year now Yeah. but it's good that there's enough like good home content that well. you can actually just sit and enjoy a movie at your own home if you want to mm-hmm. and you don't have to go like to see the newest movie it's like I don't have to wait for nine months after a visa comes out to see it I can just see it and that's well, really cool too You know like, what I
1: just did not too long ago that mm-hmm. is a, a nice nostalgic um, but great experience is going to the drive-in movie theater. Yes, oh, there's okay, a really good yeah. one in uh,
0: Georgetown. Is that the one you're talking about? In Probably
1: Indiana? is, the, yeah. And and unfortunately, there's not a lot of drive-ins around anymore, but it seems like something that could easily get a resurgence. I've seen these, like, mm-hmm. kind of smaller-scale ver- versions of, of large-screen, mm-hmm. you know, projector TVs that people can use at your, their homes, and that's not exactly what I'm, mm-hmm. you know, hoping for like I would rather see these huge screens and just have it be more streamlined and updated for modern technology drive up your car open the back trunk yeah. you know, right. the turn segment, in, turn yeah. on your bluetooth connection I think there's like, a
0: small number of drive-ins that are still surviving just as that like kind of authentic experience that people are looking for I know one thing that's been hard on them why a lot of them closed and just kind of everybody retired but the Georgetown one is hung on but um, eventually so everybody was set up for 9 millimeter film or like actual film stock that um, ran a drive-in because they've been around since like you know, since cars and movies have been around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody eventually switched to digital and so you needed a digital projector and that's about $10,000 and if you just have like a gravel lot and you're a mom and pop store and you have like your speaker system, you have your yeah. same equipment and like somebody tells you like like maybe you're making enough to make it worth your time and like set money aside but maybe you don't have like the, the ability savings to savings upgrade. Yeah. yeah, but um, there's definitely one in Georgetown, Indiana. I don't remember what it's called but you can Google it for sure and like yeah, support your local uh, drive-ins. There's also a lot of good local theaters like Baxter Avenue in Mm -hmm. uh, Louisville. They're run by Apex Theaters, which – so they're not – they're still part of a chain, but they don't have, like, those kinds of loud ads on them. They're in the Mid-City Mall uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, if anybody's from Louisville. Mm -hmm. And Louisville also has um, the Speed Cinema, where I saw Carnival of Souls last year for Halloween. And that's kind of like a cool art house movie theater, so, you you know, if you can – Get two bucks off if you have a membership to the Speed Museum and it's also like where you can find like really good independent cinema and not have to sit through and watch a bunch of trailers yeah. or like commercials before time.
2: As always, support the support what you love. Exactly. Yeah, support the things that you love uh, whether it's a local establishment or um uh, smaller groups that like need your need your support exactly. to stay and, around.
0: And even though Netflix is a huge thing, and you know Gillian and F- Jacobs and Phoebe Robinson and everybody else involved got a decent paycheck from it, they also have their own like independent projects where you mm-hmm. can support them. Like Phoebe's uh, Two Dub Coins podcast is on WNYC, which is public radio, which is listener supported. Right. Uh, Comedy Bang Bang is the same way. You can like use. Um, you can support them by, like, donating, or you can use their little promo ads. So it's, like, there's ways to support artists where you're actually supporting them on, like, an individual project-based level. Even if you're going through, like, a medium Netflix, there's other ways to support them, too, that are more focused mm-hmm. in that way. Well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should wrap it up there. Um, yeah. like, did you have anything that you wanted to plug, man?
1: I wanted to talk about a pop culture thing oh, yeah, uh, for since sure. I'm on, on the pop culture podcast. There's <laughs> this show that my parents introduced me to recently and it's called Alice in Paris and I guess it started in 2016 and it stars Elise Halali and Alex Benazet. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing either of those correctly, <laughs> probably not, but it's a really cute show. It's really short episodes um, and filmed, I'm pretty sure, all around Paris. Really well done cinematography, well done narration, and uh, everything about it is just—it's really cute, mm-hmm. you know. So it's not probably for everybody, but it is, I think, really well done yeah, and worth checking of, out. Does it
0: remind you of Amelie at all? Is it a that little same bit. level of kind of because like French, like yeah, and cool. it's
1: and it's a girl and her sister, and kind of you know they go on quirky adventures, and she, the main character, gets way too involved in everybody's life, but <laughs> you know has <laughs> lovely experiences because of it. Just something, something cool to check
0: out. Uh, it's called Alice in Paris. Mm. Yeah, sounds really cool. There you go. Well, thanks for letting us know about that, Maples. Um, Wanted to thank you all so much for listening to Hip Squared. Uh, if you guys want to support American Fantastic, a really good way to do that is like us on Facebook. That's when you can know when new episodes are coming out. Uh, you can also check out all of our audio content on AmericanFantastic.com. That includes Hip Squared. That includes the American Fantastic Radio Hour I also wanted to tell you about Five 0 Talk Two, which is uh, an interview show. uh, Mayplex is also producing. In the first episode, we talked to Mikhail Green and Michaela Bird uh, from Greenberg Comics about um, Black Angel number one. Uh, Number two has just been released, Black Angel number two, so y'all can check that out. Um, We also talked to Kavi Shakur on that episode, and we look forward to interviewing other local Louisville artists for that. So there's definitely um, other audio content that you can check out. You can also uh, co- find all kinds of cool art, writing, uh, music, and all kinds of things at AmericanFantastic.com. And if you're an artist, uh, you're more than welcome to submit any original work to AmericanFantastic at gmail.com. You can also support us by becoming a member on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, and there are all c- kinds of cool goodies on that. Like the sign says, anything helps. Um, Troy, did you have anything else that you need to say? Uh, no, I think we're good. Maple, are you good?
1: I think we're good. All right. All cool. right
0: doodles